You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards from Denver, Colorado. And I'm Matt Duncan out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so head to sunriserobot.net slash support and find some ways you can support us. For episode 57, uh, it's been two weeks as usual, we got a couple updates, so why don't you go first? Um, yeah, this is an update in the sense that I'm warning our listeners that at least for this episode, you might sometimes in the background hear a loud keyboard clicking noise because I finally dropped some money and got myself a mechanical keyboard, something that I wanted to get for a long, long time. And now this might sound more like a flipping tables topic, but the reason I'm warning you is because I love the sound of this thing so much. But you're going to hate me for it once I start doing some live Googling during the show. And I'm just going to try it now. And we'll see later on while editing uh, if this uh, is being caught by my uh, by my gate. Um, Clackety clack. At, at least for this time, I'm going to leave it in. And if it's if it's avoidable, I will cut it out everywhere else in this episode. But just so you get a sense of this, just a little bit. Man, I yeah. love this noise and the feel. <laughs> Clackety clack. Is it like modeled on the Model M IBM style? I'm not sure. All I know is it's those uh, cherry blue switches. Okay, so I, well, you're going to have to add a picture. Yeah, they've got like different colors which uh, correspond to different kind of kinds of mechanisms. So I think blue and red are like the most popular, I believe. Uh, um, so is it a gaming this, keyboard? Is it yeah, light it up? Actually, Does it, it have angles? It, <laughs> actually, yeah. So it was sold as a gaming keyboard, but a more like a low budget one. Like it doesn't have RGB or anything. Um, it has macro keys though, which are really good. While like I'm, I'm doing some software developing, I'm like, yeah, compile this, run it, debug it, like all. In, in, on one row of keys um that's cool but like it's not overblown or anything um so so far it's been nice and i like it um i'm not sure about <laughs> those people in my vicinity that have to hear me type now but most of the time i'm alone in this apartment anyway so oh <laughs> um <laughs> No, that's great. I have a little bit of news. Um, number one is very soon, I posted this on Facebook for friends, I will not be saying from Denver, Colorado when I uh, sign on to this podcast. I'll be saying from Columbus, Ohio, um, which is going to be weird. From Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to like practice this. Um, Back to the roots. Yeah, me and Shelby are picking up and moving, and I'm, I won't get into it, but uh, it affects this podcast because I have to say where I'm from, so <laughs> thought I would update on that. Um, another little piece is uh, I have just signed up with DistroKid again, or not again, oh. but um, in lieu of the other services I used to use, and I have uploaded two things to, um, n- neither of these are new, I'm just going to deflate any like complete... Um, excitement. Um, the detective detective soundtrack, there's three detectives, um, is going to be published by June 21st on every store that matters. <laughs> um, so whether you're Spotify, Apple music or Google, or even, you know, a handful of others like Amazon, um, you'll be able to check that soundtrack out and stream it, uh, you know, coinciding with our, uh, retail release of the movie. So that's really exciting. And, uh, 
The other thing is I put I'm putting genetic engines back up on all the stores. Yeah, so. thank you. <laughs> I mean, as long as I'm using Google Play Music, it doesn't matter because I can stream it anyway from my library. Yeah. But as soon as I go back to Spotify, <laughs> I need that on there. <laughs> so yeah, right now it's only on Bandcamp because I love Bandcamp. But um, yeah. finally, finally uh, back into things. Why DistroKit and not louder? Uh, I didn't even look to... at louder, but <laughs> oh, you didn't do a good job then. <laughs> I, I just remember DistroKid being on our list. I was like, yeah, I I, I like their deal. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, but hey, look into this. <laughs> um, so that's my follow up. What is this Moses P thing going on in Germany right now? Okay. Um, yeah, I think a week ago this news came out. So um, there has long been this struggle between uh, this guy, this producer Moses P. Moses Pelham um, versus Kraftwerk. And I have, don't have to introduce Kraftwerk. And Moses P. Yeah, mostly I think he was a producer. I think he released stuff on his own name uh, under his own name as well. But it's not my kind of music, so I wasn't really into that. So this happened in the nineties. In uh, sometime, I think 1998, um, or even a little sooner. So he produced a track with uh, Sabrina Zetlur. Um, it's 97. Um, a track called Nur Mia, um, Only Me, or yeah, Only Me. Um, and this song featured very prominently, I would say, a looped sample from the 1977 song Metal of Metal, Metal on Metal by uh, Kraftwerk. Um, so far that it, I think they actually like the sample plays all the way through, like that's the main drum beat of the song. And, um, you listen to those, you compare them, it's like, yeah, no question. Like he just sampled that. There didn't really go much more into this other than he took the sample and made a song out of this. And, um, I don't know when this process started, but this has been going on for years now. So far, that has been escalated to the German Supreme Court now. Huh. And um, finally, they had this ruling of, no, um, in at least in this case, um, this sampling is all right. I know this isn't really legal terms here, but this is <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, it's not like he has to pay them anything or like... so. Basically, um, actually, let me let me see if this article has a quote. So I found one instance of an English article about this case. Otherwise, I have only found German articles, uh, which made it a little problematic for our show notes, which I like to keep uh, English if it's possible. Explaining the Supreme Court decision, Court Vice President Ferdinand Kirchhoff said Pelham and Zettler had used the Kraftwerk sample to create, and here starts the quote, a completely new and independent work of art without lessening the potential of the original Kraftwerk recording. So that was basically their argument. He took this, nice. but made something completely new out of it that had literally no connection whatsoever to the original anymore. Like it, it wasn't in the same genre. It wasn't kind of doing an homage. It was just they took a bit and made something new out of it and basically saying like this is okay um now this doesn't say anything about um broader uses of sampling like what if i take a whole verse and just rap something of it like uh take for example um this one song by eminem where he basically took a song from dido which i believe of course they were like cooperating but let's just imagine that he took this song 
and completely made something out of it without asking for permission, without doing like any cross promotion. Like I believe that would be a case where um, that's completely different. But yeah, in this case yeah. and in the article, you have uh, those samples, I believe at least, yeah, at least in Germany, I can listen to them. No gamer here. Um, <laughs> you can really hear like the, the uh, comparison. So did did you listen to the those two tracks? Did you? I didn't listen to the samples, on? but I um this is such a fascinating and hard to like navigate thing. I mean, I think we've aired on the side of sorry samplers, you don't get to do what you do too much. But nonetheless, I I get it that like there are forms of this where it's like you just took that guy's song and threw a beat under it and that's like duh don't do that. Um, but then there's, there's very, I mean, I think of a lot of visual art that's collage based where you are taking symbols and images and mixing them with other, like this, that's what sampling is like. And uh, that's a totally valid and an awesome form of art. Um, and so we shouldn't, we shouldn't have such a, um, a strong ruling that like clamps down on that. And so it's nice to see this open up at least a little bit. Um, I did see in the article that, um, there, there are motions to try to unify these kinds of rulings across the EU. And so this is, uh, apparently this judge, I don't know if it is going or he just thought it should go to the EU Supreme Courts to, um, it will have, probably have an impact, like set a precedent yeah. of what this ruling or what some kind of laws might look like on a EU, EU basis. Um, yeah, uh, mentioning what you just said, um, the avalanches, just uh, as a quick side note, the avalanches are back. Uh, if you don't know about the avalanches, like 16 years ago, they released an album and, uh, which was made up completely out of samples. They, they nicked from like old records and it, you can really hear like those are old records. And, uh, I think one of their most famous songs is Frontier Psychiatrist, which you might have heard. And so now they are coming back and this, this genre I think has been called plunder phonics, uh, which I think <laughs> is a great funny name that also really well describes, uh, what this is about. <laughs> so their form of art is completely dependent on that. Like as far as I know, except for those parts on the new album where there is some actually, uh, rapping going on, like new vocals being produced, like this is all based on those samples. But here's the point, And this is, this is the point that's really hard to navigate. This whole situation remind me of the free use uh, defense in UF in the US, uh, where one of the one of the points of defense uh, where you can say, oh, fair use applies here is if it is something transformative. The problem is there are many degrees of what is transformative and what is not. If I take a yeah. drum beat and make a completely new song, but I only have that drum beat in there. That's a different level than I take an old drama which was like pressed on vinyl and I use that as samples in my track and it's heavily mangled and some. So there are many, many degrees of how was this transformed yeah. or was this just used as a backdrop? And there is no clear line and there's never going to be a clear line. And yeah. um, I think though that one of the points that we can all agree on, which, where I can actually also agree on with uh, Ralph Hüttner, uh, Ralph Hütter from Kraftwerk, uh, part of the quote here is, um, it used to be that one would ask at, le at least ask for permission. And I think also that is like one of the most important points. 
I can understand like you can't just um, get in contact with any big artist who's behind, like shielded by a label and managers yeah. and PR people and go like, hey, I would like to use your sample, please. Like that's usually not going to happen. But if you're already like in that league, come on, just just ask and yeah. Probably it will be all right. Maybe you will have to license it for some fee, but if you're sure about it, you can afford that. Um, yeah. Um, so another part of this quote from Ralph Hütter, um, is, uh, my generation distinguishes itself by the fact that we wrote our own music. We created this beat four decades ago at the beginning of our career without digital technology as it exists today. It was just tape. And then 20 years later, you suddenly hear your own music on MTV. I, it was yeah strange quote um is he is he trying to suggest that his generation is the only one that wrote their own music yeah that that's, i don't know I, if he I, means that extremely i really have some problems with the with the elitism that kind of comes with this quote like i can like understand his point to some degree at least the later part like uh you suddenly hear your own stuff being played somewhere else like I don't like discovering my music on some rando's YouTube video, although the YouTube <laughs> video's content might be all right. Like, hey, it's nice to have known about this beforehand. Um, so yeah. I can understand like this part, but yeah, no, you're, you're not that. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Kraftwerk and their music, but don't generalize this much about your generation, please. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's a lot of original music being produced today that doesn't use any samples at all. And even like, yeah, they made a lot of strides in technology and, and digital uh, analog music, analog electric music. <laughs> but even their compositions will have been influenced by former stuff. So where is like, where is originality ever going to spark from? other than inspiration. So, of course, there is a difference between inspiration and taking an actual sample. But yeah, I think he was going too far with this. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, and then I also got a hit in the other direction. So here's a quote from Moses P. If in general I'm not allowed to sample, then my form of art cannot exist. If you take any recording that was, was produced after 1989, 9 out of 10 will have a sample on it. And so here's the other point. So I mentioned Avalanches. They did a lot of creative stuff completely done with samples. They never recorded themselves. But there was a lot of work going on. But there is a lot of music that is really, really lazy and samples yeah. just for the sake of I'm not going to make something myself. So I'm just going to take this and I'm going to take this. And it basically still sounds like the original, but with a kick drum underneath and a new bass line. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I can really do without this. Yeah. I agree yeah, completely. So, I don't I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, So, I, um I understand his point like my form of art cannot exist, but yeah, maybe your form of art should have another leg to stand on then. <laughs> if all you have to do for yourself is is sampling other people's stuff. Um it's a little bit like YouTubers that the all the whole source of entertainment and content is other people's content. Like yeah, there's a lot of good com content coming out from people who are commenting on other people's stuff or just yeah. Yeah, using other referencing other people's stuff. But that shouldn't be the only stuff you're doing. It shouldn't because, just be yeah, your then, webcam and you ranting with a root, like a built-in mic. <laughs> yeah. All the time. There has to be a little bit more than that. And if that is there, I'm 
completely all right with it. But yeah, some people really take it too far and now. Yeah. yeah. So to switch gears, uh, you know, a while back we covered, uh, I forget the name. What was that like school for your ears basically to practice oh, mixing yeah. that we covered? Let me find what? it out. Let me do some loud life Googling. <laughs> so while you're looking that up, um, you found this other website to practice and explore EQ from, uh, Isotope Pro Audio Essentials. And, uh, you know, it shows you like a very, very simplified version of EQ where you can literally only drag exactly four different points. And uh, kind of, you know, gives you the rough, like, if you drag 10 kilohertz up, it gets brighter. If you drag it down, it gets darker. Um, to And also gives you an indication of which, which instruments that frequency will mainly affect. And, uh, you know, kind of neat for a very, very beginner's level EQ um, to get you uh, the basic. I'm reminded of, I've, I've seen those for Bezier curves for, like, doing vector art. Um, it's like draw this car and they give you the exact points and you have to know how to drag the, the handles to get the curve right. Um, this is kind of similar of like baby training wheels mode. Um, but do you, would you see this for, you know, at the level you're at, um, do you think this would help you grow in your EQ or is it kind of like, huh, wish I had this when I was 15 and starting to dabble? <laughs> yeah more of the latter every time with those kind of websites and i found the one that we talked about before which was called sound gym um getting swole on your audio skills <laughs> they all fall into this same trap i believe of somebody who's that invested in this skill and in in this form of uh yeah, engineering they will have the means to practice with their own DAW on their own equalizer because not every equalizer is made the same way. Like, yeah, parametric equalizers will all have the kind of the same controls and the same handles and the same vocabulary on them. But they all have like different nuances. And if you really want to get to know it, get to know the one you have. And you will also Love have the a one lot you're more with. <laughs> yeah, and you will also uh, get a lot more flexibility because um so this practice EQ they had that only had like four points, I believe, of articulation, uh where you could boost and and um attenuate. And you could also only boost like one at a time, and if you like start dabbling with the other, the like one of them they all go back to zero. So yeah, it it's nice for an introduction, but like after five minutes, you will want to have the real thing to practice. Um, other than that, I only, so they have this equalizer practice where you basically A, B test you like which one is uh, the one that has been changed, where it was boosted in some range by eight decibels or only three. And also, always, uh, of course, it gets harder and harder the less you are boosting or reducing. Um, so basically like sound gym, the compression, as far as I could tell, wasn't act like they they haven't published that yet. So it it wasn't like hidden behind. Oh, you have to sign up and pay. It was just not available yet. Um, they probably didn't want to wait too long after Sound Gym hit the market. Yeah, EQ is always the same uh, on all of those websites. It's the easy part. I really want to see how they do the compression part because compression is really really hard to listen for. I believe so. I, yeah. Even to this day, I can only really tell if there is a lot of compression going on. If it's really subtle, um, yeah. In a in a direct A B test, maybe, but just giving me something asking me has compression been used on this. If it's been only like with a gain reduction of three decibels, I really can't tell yeah. all that much. I got it. Yeah, it gets very, very subtle. And that's also part of like, 
the engineers that really dial that stuff in at that subtle level. I'm like, I'm partly like, how can you do what you do? And also like really skeptical, like, is this making that big of a difference? I guess it is. Um, just, uh, you know, I guess it's the sweetening. Um, you know, it's not the broad strokes of the initial recording and getting the performance and getting all these other things right. It's that, um, you know, if you watch someone, you know, speed paint videos or, you know, like all the little details that go in at the end where you're like, that little stroke doesn't matter, does it? Well, in <laughs> aggregate with all the other thousand little strokes, yes, it very much yes. did matter. And also, um, compression isn't only about, oh, I have got this really, really dynamic, uh, sound that I want to yeah. kind of tame. Um, but it's also just sometimes gluing stuff together. Like a lot of times I hear the vocabulary of uh, a glue compressor. Actually, uh, since Ableton Live 9, they have a glue compressor, which is like modeled after some analog compressor. Uh, and they say like, just slap it on there sometimes and, uh, have it work a little bit and you will have like everything glued together. Like you don't have distinct sounds in a, in a, like in this abstract placement, yeah. but they will all like mash together a little bit and it just makes it sound more uniform, I believe. So, uh, quite a lot out. of times I do that. And yeah, as I said, like switching it off and on, um, making sure that it's at the same volume. Yeah. You can hear the difference, but just by itself, it's really hard to tell. Whereas with an equalizer, if you have a calibrated system or one that is calibrated enough, um, yeah, it's a little easier to tell. It's still not easy to tell, but yeah, I think compression is really hard one. So I want to have one of those websites where I can actually test it and don't have to pay before I test it because I really just want to know if it's good, I'm going to pay for it if I really find out that, <laughs> hey, this is really, really increasing my compression skills. I have no problem paying for it, but I want to test it beforehand. Yeah. Hey, our sound gym, if you're listening, um, we're up for uh, trial keys. Um, <laughs> just send them our way. We'll have to add them when we tweet this episode out. Good idea. And um, yeah, then I had the idea of a little more uh, freeform discussion. So I just realized a uh, kind of development in the last few weeks that... Um, Something I must have had for years, but never really thought about is that, um, with all those, with all this interest and focus on music that I, I believe both of us have, um, doing it, um, actively, like producing our own music, listening to music, every once in a while, there are some days where it's just, nah, I'm good. No music today. Like, I just want to have silence. Um, not even like television on in the background, just complete, just nothing. And um, every once in a while I have that. And it has been happening a little, more, a little bit more recently. Uh, at least I figured out once I started turning down the music every time I really had to think hard about some kind of problem. I was like doing programming or something. I was like, I really need some silence now, which I usually don't need. Usually I just, I then ignore the music like subconsciously. And um, at first I was like, is this is this like a huge development? Is this like oh I'm I'm kind of starting to to distance myself from music? Is there something profound going on that's changing my view on this? And like nah, I think I, there's <laughs> just some. Sometimes you have those days. So uh, what about you? Do you have music free days? All the time. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of switching gears whenever I I just need a change of pace and. Um, that's switching instruments, that's switching, um, smartphone platforms. Okay. I've only done that a couple of times, but, um, it's also, uh, 
you know, art forms. Like, uh, I mean, I, you know me, I dabble in everything I can and probably don't get deep enough in any one of them enough. But, um, you know, I'll spend time on music, then I'll spend time on visual art or um, animation or just completely take a step back from all of it for a little bit. And I, I like having those changes. Um, they're, they're almost like seasons just so that you can uh, reflect and and absorb in different ways. And um, there's definitely days where I don't want to hear anything. And then um, then I'll have to commute somewhere and I'll be like, ah, I need some music. <laughs> but it, it really just depends. Um, it's, it's more like weather or moods and not really yeah. like a conscious decision. Yeah, recently, I think, yeah, it was last Thursday, actually. Uh, I usually have a commute of one and a half hours. So make that three hours for going back and forth. And I didn't listen to a single song on that in that whole time. And even when walking around on campus, I didn't listen to music. And now uh, I was lucky in that there were no loud passengers or school children on the train that day. So uh, I didn't really have a reason. Everything was quiet anyway. But I felt like... No, let me just think about some stuff and not think about music because I found, uh, as I've described a, a lot of times, that every time I listen to music, I start to get really analytical about it. So maybe that's also that, that uh, sometimes I don't really relax to music. I just feel like that's some new input that has to be processed in some ways. And just cutting that input out is like, yeah, more silence for me, more meditation. <laughs> So that's the, the listening part. Um, and then also, yeah, of course, I also have seasons where I produce a lot of music and then I suddenly stop and there's no new music from me in like months. And I'm kind of in that, in that kind of season again, like in that kind of valley. Um, I threw out a track last week for one of Lars's videos that was just a fun little thing on the side. Like that, that wasn't something serious. Um, but I don't know when I'm going to go back to open up Ableton to make a new song right now. I'm kind of invested in other stuff, but maybe that thing is, that other stuff is going to then end soon. But I it better not be a blue link. <laughs> oh, inside <laughs> joke. Uh, check my Twitter if you want to know what we meant with that. Um, but yeah, that's an example like cosplay. I'm really not in the mood to to make a new cosplay right now like that's not <laughs> happening this week maybe it's going to happen next week maybe i'm gonna wake up and like fuck yeah i'm gonna need some fabric i'm gonna sew some shit uh, yeah i also dabble in so much stuff that i sometimes feel like i'm not really focusing enough on the stuff that i'm doing like i'm always shifting gears just so i don't have to complete anything really and um you don't really get proficient on a really professional level anywhere if you start doing everything but i want to do everything i want yeah, to have everything like at my doing disposal, like every skill and it's just i wish the day was longer so i could do music and do cosplay and do all this other stuff and yeah how do you balance that i think you don't there's no such thing as balance i don't think <laughs> um i, I i've never gotten i've never felt like i understood the people that can do just one thing this is the only hammer i swing all the time um I'm, i have too much like artistic wanderlust um 
I don't even like, I mean, I'm sure at, at this point there's like clearly mic style things when I make music. It's like, oh, you always do this thing or this kind of thing. <laughs> um, but even there, I'm like, I, I don't like my songs sounding the same. Um, I, I kind of want them to be as new as possible every single time. Um, but then you get lazy some days and you're like, yeah, that's good enough to ship that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, that's why I like the breaks because the breaks let me absorb new influences and true, almost like it, it lets me change a little bit um, so that when I come back to it, it's it's fresh. It's it's a fresh cut. <laughs> yeah, and it's something that people are always saying that I found to be true as well is that even if you don't actively do something, when you come back a few months later, it's not like you unlearned everything. Sometimes it's even that pause that made you better at something that you have like an, a fresh approach to something and suddenly you grab that instrument and you're able to play things that you weren't able to play before after a little bit of warm-up i found that to be true as well so um like a break isn't think a bad thing there's like you know the, you hear people describe how beginners don't know they're making mistakes and so they often blaze trails because they're not so worried about like yeah doing it wrong and yeah beginners suck at a lot of things because they're beginners but um i feel like when you take breaks and come back you have a little bit of that magic of you're not thinking about this is the right way to do it you're open to um yeah. changing things and trying things that you haven't gotten in that rut of like ah just throw this is the chord that comes after that one it's the one that works <laughs> music theory wise and we're done it's like no you'll You'll experiment and you'll have less inhibition about it. True. Shall we go to our picks of the week? Yeah, let's get to our picks of the week. Um, I think you I can go first. first. You've got something mellow. All right, I'll start us off. Um, my pick of the week is uh, not a new song. It's, it's an older song by a, a, a group. It's really a, one guy who produces his, this stuff under the name Starflyer59. And uh, the track is called We're the Ordinary. So let's just listen to it. So that's a, I mean, you could grab 30 seconds from anywhere in the song except for the end and it would sound like that exactly. Um, but this is, in this case, it, it's really great. Um, this is the kind of mellow shoegaze that's like crack to me. Like I, I just want to throw this on and float away with it. Um, I feel like I say that a lot about any mellow track I pick, but that's like the key criteria for me is like, will I float away on a cloud with it? Um, and, uh, so Starflyer 59 is a dude named Jason Martin. He actually has a brother, Ronnie Martin, who who runs a project called Joy Electric. It's very electronic, strange stuff. Um, but they're both like, you know, poster boys for like 40 hour a week working normal people that happen to put out albums. They, they're not pursuing it as a, um, kind of their only identity is musician, but they are active musicians and they've, you know, Starflyer's put out over 10 albums. Like, the guy's prolific. 
Um, but wow. he's good. And so um, I've kind of got lost in the biography. But what did you think of this song? Um, first of all, would you say that he's got the balance down? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you should ask him, invite him on the show. Like, man, how do you do this? Um, yeah, I love the song. I, I love the, the trembliness of, of the rhythm guitar. Like everything in this song sounds really fragile. Like maybe that's the result of some compression on there, but like it feels like everything is trembling all the time. Um, I, I really love that effect. Um, also like that melody, the one that came in just as, as it faded in. It's just one of those melodies you wish you'd come up with. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. It's so easy, it's great, and I can listen to it on hours on repeat. Um, uh, every once in a while there's this this vibrato chord strum that's happening on the right <laughs> speaker that's just, yeah, every every time you can't do it enough. It's um, And yeah, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but uh, which sounds like I was talking about a movie, but uh, this thing escalates and it escalates in a very good way in the way that I wanted more of it. But you know, yeah. I always want more. So uh, <laughs> no, that's probably uh, the one thing I would. W yeah, I really wish that the ending had blossomed even more and, uh, you know, give us, you know, a couple more times through when the all the guitars come in and that that lead note is whining yeah. and. It kind of sunsets too quickly. You're like, no, 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 let us blaze in this chord. But I've learned that this is a great effect for life. So on the record, you you want to hear the song again then. But when you're playing it live, you just keep looping and keep looping because you know that's what the people want. I remember yeah. that we just had this one part in the song, uh, Delphi, that was just one repetition on the album. And we always did it twice live because it was so amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that can work to great effects. So what was your pick of the week? My pick of the week is Three Trap Tigers with the song Engrams or Ingra Engrams. Um, sure. they, I know them from the Math Rock subreddit. So they do a lot of noisy, mathy stuff, like a, very uh, experimental sounding, like something in the vein of battles sometimes. There's a uh, very prominent, uh, a keyboard usage next to the guitars guitars are very angular everything is very high energy and this song is such a good example for this um a lot of things being like looped and um um repeated deleted and uh, deleted not uh, um delayed and just so many great melodies i really had a hard time picking a sample so let's listen to a little bit of three trap tigers with engrams just listening to this i found another reason why i love this so much because there's one of those tropes in there that i know from post-rock and yeah my own songs is you're just hovering on the on the um on the, on the tonic the whole time like on the one of the of the scale like you're just hovering then hovering then then suddenly like no suddenly but uh like after eight bars or so you then just start going to a different note and it's like finally released like it's just tension that just <laughs> builds up and no matter where you go 
uh, no matter which card you play, it's going to be amazing because you have that release, like you build up to this. <laughs> yes, yes. So what did you think uh, of the song? Oh, uh, this is great. Um, you know, you, you tend to like longer songs than I usually tolerate, but this song really did earn <laughs> it's, it's more than five minutes. Um, and you, you always wonder like, can you really have enough ideas to carry five? And they did. They totally did. Um, the song keeps going in all these new directions, all these new layers. Um, just when you think the guitars are do, have, they're done all they're going to do, then they escalate it somehow. Um, it gets more intense and more, and more, um, interesting. So very, very enjoyable song. Um, the, the intro, there's like these tone, these bell tone kind of, um, e piano kind of sound at the beginning that uh reminded me of the Luya's song I picked a couple months ago. Um I'll have to I forget the name of that song. But you can find it on our bits and pieces <laughs> Spotify playlist. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I also f find it fascinating. Um you just said that this earned its five minutes because there's so many ideas. And what's very impressive I believe is that um they don't change or they don't introduce a lot of new sounds in those five minutes like it's all more or less based on the same kind of sounds you've got this bell like uh e-piano like sound you've got this really uh, spacey synth and i believe there's one other uh, uh, instrument in there like synthy and other than that the guitars they don't change a lot in the tone so the whole song doesn't really change a lot in just the tones that it is made up of but the whole tone of the song like there's a lot going on and um yeah i always fell into this trap of ah, i want to introduce something new here let's grab a new synthesizer but they've really nailed this with uh like assortment an assortment of just a few kind of tones and sounds and they made made a really great track out of it all right well with that we have episode 57 of bits and pieces we're getting old we're almost going to retire right um <laughs> You can check out the show notes for links to these articles and songs at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 57. And uh, one of the links on that list will be our Spotify playlist, which neither of us are regular Spotify users anymore, but it still remains one of the best places. Not at the moment. Um, as far as I can tell, they have some of the best collaborative playlist type stuff going on. So it's real easy for us to share all our picks on Spotify. And, uh, you know, you can use it free on the desktop. So even if you don't use it on your phone, it's a nice way to check out new music from our, from your trusted curators, me and Matt. Um, while you're at Sunrise Robots website, you can also subscribe to our show. So you get new episodes automatically delivered every other week. And uh, that's pretty easy to do. There's an iTunes button if uh, you use iTunes or um, if you have an iPhone, the, the podcast app will work from that button. Um, there's also an RSS button if you want to use another podcatcher. Or the easiest way most people do it is they just search for our show. Just search for Bits and Pieces or search for Sunrise Robot, and it'll show up in the search results for pretty much every single app out there that does podcasts. Um, me and Matt love feedback, so hit us up on Twitter. I'm at pseudo Michael, spelled S U D O Michael, and Matt, you are at Echolox, E C H O L O X. And you can support us directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And depending on the level you pledge, you might get your name mentioned on every episode of Flipping Tables or every show on Sunrise Robot. And with that, we want to give a huge special thanks to Benji Robinson, Carolyn Kraut, and Joan Edwards. We'll see you all in a couple weeks. Bye.